0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Everything Coincidental podcast, it's no coincidence you're here. I'm Abby, and as always I'm joined by Fee, hi everyone. And today we have one of our favourite guests back, the, fa- the Fairy King himself, Paul McDonald. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> um If anyone remembers the episode Paul was on last time about big cat sightings, so we dubbed him the Fairy King not long after that because Paul loves fairies. <laughs> um. But we thought we'd maybe get this episode started off by maybe like an update on like the big cat side of things, if you want, Paul.
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, Yeah, Uh, we we tend to be fairly uh, active or fairly busy throughout the year, you could say, with sightings coming in. Uh, a lot of those sightings, though, are historic sightings, you know, mm-hmm. so where folk have seen something 10, 15, 20 years ago. um, And those witnesses are only now finding that we exist, you know, as a platform to report sightings to. Uh, So yeah, we've got a constant kind of drip of historic sightings coming in. Um, But of course, it gets us a bit excited when we get a fresh uh, sighting report in. And that can be anything from a few minutes of it happening and somebody's straight on the phone
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to you, uh, or it could be, you know, later that day sometime. Um, but that's always quite exciting because that gives us a chance to follow up with some field work. And usually we will look to uh, the closest research team members and deploy them on the field. Uh, have them get in touch with the witness directly, so they can arrange a meet up the following morning or even that evening uh, to look for further signs of evidence. You know, so uh, we've, I would say actually over the past month or so, we've not done as much of that. We do tend to find certain times of the year where we get more fresh sightings happening than others. And it is seeming to link in uh seasonally with what's going on with the environment as well like in spring when the vegetation starts to grow uh cats have got more cover so they'll range further out than usual and so because they're they're traveling more they're going to get seen more Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that environment changes when crops are cut you know when the farmer's cutting a load of crop then that cover's not there anymore so they might, might be ranging as far, but they're going to have to cross more open ground to do so. So that's the kind of two times a year we're actually noticing spikes of fresh sightings that way.
2: Oh, really? What um, what kinds of cats then is it that you've been seeing recently in those
1: sorts of... Yeah, there, there's, there's three main contenders, you could say. In fact, four <laughs> in Scotland um, for the type of cats that are being seen in terms of... When you get a very detailed description, it really narrows down what it can be, you know, from the size of it, the length and the shape of tail, shape of ears, um, all of these things can kind of determine what you're seeing if it's a good report. Um, And the most common that we have are large black cats, which would either be melanistic or black leopard, Mm -hmm. Uh, puma, puma cougar or mountain lion, all the same thing. Um, but large brown cats uh, Lynx uh, Eurasian lynx which are quite distinctive um, yeah. so usually quite detailed reports can't be anything much other than the lynx when you hear the reports um, but also in Scotland we've got the Scottish wildcat and domestic wildcat hybrids the Kelis cat which are often perfectly black but they can be three or four foot long in the body so uh-huh. that can work a remit
2: as well anytime me and abby are out together we're like big cat big cat
0: yeah we're desperate (laughs) to see one
2: i know you said last time we spoke and so we couldn't use the episode as you know um you mentioned a story about someone in a tent and they had a a cat sign would you be able to tell us about that again
1: yeah yeah uh, this is one, old, I, I can just say it was up in the, the West Highlands
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a fellow up there for the fishing beside a loch and he's he about to get in his tent and uh, he turned around to realise there was a large black cat and a cu- with a couple of cubs uh, right next to him, so close enough to him anyway. Uh, he took a bit of a fright, got in his tent, he... He didn't actually have the full zip, the outer zip to the door of his tent, he said, because the zip was knackered. Uh, but he had the kind of the, the midge net inner one. So he zipped that up and was sat there as this cat came and sat, he said, four feet from him. And it sat, oh, um with the cubs for about half an hour. He'd be so scared. Yes, so it was a very close encounter you know a very close sighting you could hear it you know um, Mm -hmm. breathing uh you could smell it you know it was that close um so it's unusual to have a a sighting that close for that long unfortunately because of the time of evening it was these cats are often seen between dusk and dawn oh was the light had pretty was pretty much going or or, you know on the way out uh so from inside his tent he could see it clearly enough but he he didn't want to take a flash photo because he had no idea how the cat would have reacted Oh yeah and he was also quite glad that his jack russell dog was asleep in the tent (gasps)
0: because
1: he didn't want to think what might how things might have turned out if that if his dog had a go for one of the cubs you know um but he described that cat as being about waist height uh when it was sitting down
0: wow so re- really quite big then
1: yeah so that's yeah. no doggy
0: no no de-
2: see when people have encounters like that it's like how can other people then deny that they're here you know i think we should dub it Close encounters of the feline
1: kind. <laughs> <laughs> close encounters of the third kind. Of the yeah. third kind, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> and why yeah.
0: is it that there are so few like close encounters? Are the cats like scared of us, or is it just because there's so few of them? Or is like, what do you think the reason behind
1: that is? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a totally solid question because um, it does come down to the nature of the cats. Mm-hmm. They even. Uh, even leopards uh, and pumas will tend to avoid human contact where possible the only time you might have a cat show any aggression towards a human is where you have a uh, a female cat with cubs nearby and it's protecting the cubs there's a video that kind of went viral um not so long ago of a fellow in uh it's either the States or Canada, I can't remember. And he's walking along a mountain path, and this mountain lion comes round the corner. Uh, and it's a mother with cubs nearby, and it's, it's really aggressive towards him, like padding the ground and you know, yeah, really close. And he films the whole thing, and it's a very, very clear, you know, encounter. But that's a mother protecting cubs. Um, yeah, e- even melanistic leopards, they will shy away from human contact. So this is where this was an unusual one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it, it saw and approached the man himself close enough and then sat that close, you know, yeah. to ten. So it was a very strange one.
0: He must have
2: been really shaken up as well. It's
0: mm-hmm. yeah. crazy. Um the next thing we were gonna to talk to you about is a potential UFO sighting. Um so I know that you mentioned in the message you sent that you've had one similar to the video that you sent, but do are you able to talk about the video that you sent us a few weeks ago from your friend?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Um as far as I'm aware, this video is about a year old. So, you know, it's not it's not that old, but um it's a very clear daylight sighting
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, of what first appears to be, you know, an unusual light. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the it was the second video, I think that he took, that was the even better one, um, where you see this light behaving in an unusual way. Um, seems to be on the edge of quite a large sort of building storm type cloud. Um, and it's when you it's when you zoom into a lot of the stills, you actually see quite a bit more detail, and you're seeing a red light and several white lights within, you know, a concentrated mm-hmm. uh, space. Um, it's very unusual, but it's a good sighting because the the footage and the images are are pretty clear.
0: Yeah, definitely um we'll pop them up on instagram as well after this episode's out so people can see what we're talking about um yeah when looking at the video you're like it doesn't look like it could be a plane it's definitely something different and it's yeah i think it's a really good like set of photos and videos that you got sent there are we allowed to disclose
2: like where that was or does your friend not want people to know that
1: uh, it was in the, the uh, north of England, I think it was the Lake District.
2: Oh, okay, cool.
1: That happened, yeah.
2: Well, do you know like how he was feeling after it? Like, was he kind of like, oh, what the hell did I just see, or was it like shaken up or anything, or?
1: Um, yeah, I, th- I think certainly a little mystified. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not willing to come forward, you know, and put his name to it still, and he's held on to it for about a year because he really wasn't sure about just putting it out there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's why the only reason why it's only just come out now
2: uh, but he's okay with obviously us knowing and sharing to people I
0: guess
1: yeah yeah, cool.
0: yeah oh that's so interesting I know and you had you said you had a experience similar to that whereabouts was that
1: uh yeah I, I, I I've certainly had, I, had a number of experiences like that um there were two particular Uh, events uh, where I saw them quite clearly um, up in the Highlands. Uh, I run an event uh, or have done Mm -hmm. uh, pre-lockdown for a couple of times a year called the Highland Challenge and I would Mm -hmm. take folk up to the the Northwest Highlands for a week and we would do different challenges every morning, martial training in the afternoon and there's music and storytelling, you know, uh, and history everywhere we go, uh, and there might be some drams in the evening. You know, it's a, it's a proper cultural immersion. Yeah. Uh, so great times had, but there was, I think it was um, 2013, where I went out one evening to take an an, Im- an image, beautiful sunset image, um, of the bay nearby, and I took that shot. And i was quite pleased with it and i turned around to see this unblinking solid white light uh moving silently in the sky and this is a village i grew up in the highlands and i'm quite familiar with the way in which sound travels very easily across mm-hmm. vast distances there you know because yeah. the air is so clear and there's nothing to interrupt that sound so i already gauged the distance of it and, and, and roughly the height of it. I knew that it was it was similar to what you could expect a light aircraft to be at, uh, between two to 3,000 feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and realized it was strange enough that I wasn't already hearing it. So I thought, oh. all right, if I don't hear it by the time it gets to about here, it's definitely strange. Um, it continued moving, not a sound, not a whisper, you know. And this was a perfectly still summer evening. Mm -hmm. Um, So I then got the camera out and took some footage. There something told me I need to take a still shot as well. So I switched it to still, I I took a still shot and then recorded it again as it disappeared over the hill. I thought, right, that was definitely weird. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at the still shot, it kind of shocked me because what the still shot showed wasn't what didn't appear to be what i was seeing Ooh. it seemed to show three uh points of light um in a triangular form with sort of bands of light connecting them um in a sort of orangey pinky color uh Ooh. so that was quite interesting uh, so i ran back to the inn uh, and i got the the owner to bring it up on a big tv screen
2: mm-hmm.
1: brought it up in his laptop as well uh and i said to a couple of the folk on the um the challenge i said guys i've just seen this outside now um if there's a chance of anything else coming over who's who's with me <laughs> let's go let's go find some more so mm-hmm. one of the lads came with me we walked down to the pier and within five minutes or so, there was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched it. We filmed it. Both agreed it was perfectly silent, um, but very clear, and uh, you know you could estimate the height as, as being about about two thousand feet, two and a half thousand feet, something like that. Relatively low level. Um, and we then got the bus and went up to the top of the hill. Uh, which was the best vantage point that we could immediately access and we saw six more that night we saw eight that night oh my god last one we saw was descending into a glen um so it was it was one of the most unusual but exciting evenings you could imagine yeah i can imagine it must be (laughs) chasing ufos that night it was so much fun Um, and then we went out uh, with with a wee group of us the following evening, and just walked started to walk up the hill, and we saw I think three or four more that night as well.
0: So interesting
1: and something strange going on. And when mm-hmm. I got back, I get onto uh, there's a Facebook group I think it's UK UFOs. I thought I wonder if anyone else in the Highlands has reported anything and i found a report from the isle of Skye. now where we were you could see the coolings of sky mm-hmm. um in the distance and i think this was from one or two nights after we saw eight of them um the, and he, what he reported was exactly the same exactly the same type of light he estimated the height about two and a half thousand feet Totally silent, straight-line trajectory. The really interesting thing was he had a torch on him Mm. and he shone the torch at it and it stopped. Oh (gasps) No way! And he said it sat there in the sky uh, for some time before moving away at 90 degrees from the direction it was travelling in. So that was interesting, not just because it was... The proximity was near enough to what we were seeing and he was describing exactly the same phenomena, but there was contact Mm -hmm. and there was some form of communication and contact going on with that torch itself, with that light source. So that was, that was quite interesting.
2: That is literally like out of close encounters of a
0: third kind. That is literally, (laughs) that's literally (laughs) like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Pretty much. Yeah, that's really that is a crazy one definitely
1: <laughs> yeah
2: can um, can you, you know, um tell us or when you're next doing your martial art weekend because i want to come to that
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it's great fun it's always an absolute absolute blast Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: especially if there's <laughs> ufos
1: there so now s- since that and i think it might have been the following year it was either the following year or a couple of years after um i saw a few more just out one night mm-hmm. by myself, you know because I'll, since that I've kind of gotten the habit when I'm up there I'll just take a wee wander out tonight and see if there's anything moving you know
2: yeah ah wonder if you've ever been abducted and you just can't remember
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know if the since you're kind of from that area do you know if the locals report many sightings like that or um is it not really a thing you hear much about
1: after that first year um i can give you a link to the images and footage as well oh I that'd be great compiled Please. and edited this together into a video that went up on youtube as moidart sightings 2013. Okay. so i'll give you the link uh, to that um yeah i remember after that first one being so blown away by it I I compiled a a full, quite a detailed report, which included, you know, exact location of observers, um, you know, estimated height, estimated trajectories, um, you know, bearings of travel, uh, as detailed a report as I could. I remember I sent it to Bufora to see what they would say, and I was really, really disappointed by the response. They suggested it was satellites or or a local aircraft landing at an airport. There's no airports, and no. you know, no. um, yeah. so I was I, I did send them a strongly worded response to that <laughs> liars. <laughs> liars. But I remember following up um, and asking some locals that I knew if they'd seen anything like this before, uh, and where we were seeing the lights travel was towards a certain glen and loch and a friend who lives um, at the side of that loch still uh, said oh yes and he he remembered from some years ago uh, and he described pretty much exactly the same wow. wow these lights very clear bright white traveling perfectly silently uh down the loch um so it seems that it has been seen before. There is a particular point, though, I wish that evening would just gone to, which would have mm-hmm. given us a view for miles from the direction they were coming. There have been quite a few reports recently and footage um, that that's coming out seemingly as part of disclosure of of these objects appearing um from the from the ocean or from the water
0: from
1: oh. the oh. and they were certainly coming from that direction and it just would have been something else you mm-hmm. Know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to at least s- try and s- have seen where they were coming from yeah. you know in some sense um but maybe maybe that's for another evening yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that'd be crazy seeing something like that coming up from the water i can't even imagine it like
2: insane like they say that they sometimes use the water to charge themselves or that's why they're spotted in your power lines is because they're charging or trying to go through portals and all this sort of thing but that's insane in fact are they not called unidentified submergible objects
1: U- usos yeah usos US. US- so I, but i wonder if they can be both though it's well, that's it. The same thing could easily yeah. be both, and why not? Um, th- there's there's footage recently that shows, um, you know, these sort of silvery balls, if you like, um, yeah. you know, flying as UFOs, but then submer, you know, submerging in the sea and then reappearing a distance after. The curious thing is the speeds they're travelling at in terms of entry and movement through the water shouldn't physically be possible, you know? Uh, So there's something else going on. It suggests something else going on in terms of how that object is manipulating or displacing conventional physics in some way. That's quite interesting too. Yeah.
2: Wow. I think... What were you going to
0: say? I was just going to say, it makes you think.
2: <laughs> Literally, well, I, genuinely, I was going to say, I think you both agree Like with this. There's definitely aircrafts and all that sort of thing out there that we are not made aware of because it's like, they're top secret and all that sort of thing. But when you hear stuff like that, these aren't military, you know, um, aircrafts or submarines or whatever. These are definitely something else. I mean, for them to be able to travel with no sound but yeah. Then I guess, like, you look at electric cars and they don't produce much sound. But for these things to be traveling at the speeds they're traveling at with no sound, there's something else to it, like you say.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and even the, you know there, there's a uh, the latest type of of stealth drone. Uh, mm-hmm. It's being unveiled. You know, it's not silent. Ah, okay. You know, it's still not silent. Yeah, exactly. Whether these, whether there's certain other technologies that have still been kept completely under wraps in a mm-hmm. military sense, is totally open to question. Still, of course, it is. Um, but uh, yeah, the nature of the nature of these things, in some way though, I um, I've always felt is not necessarily something extraterrestrial, but mm-hmm. intraterrestrial.
2: Ooh. Oh, so you think they're beings from here that have the tech, but like a different species, so not
1: human. Um, there perhaps could be. <laughs> <gasps>
2: this is getting juicy,
1: spill it, what do some, you think? <laughs> or or could be, could be related in terms of, you know, uh, related to us in, te- in some way, but
2: okay. in terms of
1: perhaps a higher frequency. Oh, okay there seems to be enough evidence throughout history to suggest this as the oldest origin story that we know for UFOs that, you know, the whole idea of physical craft from another dimension or from another galaxy or such. Let's put that aside for a second. Mm -hmm. um, Because most UFO sightings are not that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 Some are, and some are fascinating, especially. I um, uh, don't know if you've seen the the latest documentary, Moment of Contact, which Ooh. describes the uh, Virginia uh, case in Cuba, which is just uh, just phenomenal. Um, 1996 and uh, multiple ufos are seen by hundreds if not thousands of people in the one night uh, There is a crash of one of the craft involved uh, an immediate uh military you know cover-up of that <gasps> um as well as two uh two individual beings which were seen by numerous people in different locations um so there's a case that's just incredible. Leave, yeah. but that documentary has done a great job in putting together all the details of that, directly interviewing the civilian and military, some of the military personnel involved uh, mm-hmm. that night, and it's it's incredible. So that that certainly suggests that these things are real when they're verified by hundreds if not thousands yeah. of witnesses yeah. and you've got a high level of reporting coming down now you know from military level that's very interesting um but i would have to suggest that the majority of ufo sightings are not that you know they're not that exciting in a way or exotic exotic in a way yeah and, Um they're more often white lights that are seen either at a distance or, you know, they can be seen at very close quarters as well, but behaving in ways where they're clearly not conventional. They're clearly not physical craft. Um, They're clearly not anything we have in terms of when you see an object move and change directions, no curvature in the change, that kind of movement It's, you know, simple g-forces, it's impossible for bodies to withstand that if it was a physical type craft. Um, Their silent nature as well is a hallmark, you know,
0: Mm. uh,
1: that suggests there's no, there's no conventional power source. Yeah. But, But this type of sighting is literally biblical. These are sites that correspond with biblical accounts of angels.
2: Oh, interesting. I didn't expect it to go down down that route.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's all there. <laughs> mm. And uh, descriptions of this type of phenomena carry through history. Um, read accounts of uh, Christopher Columbus's uh, journey, uh, for example, and, you know, in the middle of the ocean they're followed by them you know the ships are followed by these white oh, lights God. you know the the term foo fighters was coined in the second world war That's right. Yeah. for the same phenomena that would follow aircraft and follow aircraft into battle you know yep it's and it's the same thing you know mm. and it's it's a fascinating thing um but I think it's possible to join dots enough of regularity and consistency um of phenomena to suggest that these are these are more connected to us than originating further away from us,
0: yeah, I, I think that makes sense because I feel like if it was something coming from a different planet or different like galaxy or whatever they'd be more likely to want to hurt us. Whereas if it's something that's already here, what would they gain by doing that? If they're just wanting to observe or whatever, see what's going on, then it actually does make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, There's an element of these lights that I think we cannot dismiss. And I think it's one of the most important elements about them to observe and to actually start to want to understand. uh, And that is connection is our ability, in fact, to connect Mm -hmm. with you know, as beings, as um, sentient beings in some form, which is as much as we could describe when we understand that it is possible to directly connect with these. Now, um, this has been This has been seen by by a number of folk. There's a fellow in Stirling that I know. He has hours and hours worth of footage on YouTube, um, filming UFOs, you know, around his his house, around his area, and a lot of these lights. And, you know, I've met him a few times, spoke to him and asked him about this, you know. Um, Is this something that you consciously are calling on to be there in the first place mm-hmm. um, when it is there is it something you're, you're you know consciously connecting with and yes yeah he says yeah that's that's what I do he says I go outside and I'll you know I'll look up and if there's nothing obviously there then I'll I'll just open myself and ask politely
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yep. and you know, it might be there straight away, or it might take a minute to show, but usually something shows, you know. Um, there was a fellow, Christopher Martin, who if, if you ever find any of the original copies of UFO magazine, the UK UFO magazine, mm-hmm. uh, he was interviewed in that a number of times. Um, I sat beside him once at a at dinner and asked him exactly the same thing as because he had a history and he was filming them had hours worth of footage of white lights in the sky um, that he would consciously call on. You know, he would go outside and he would just kind of—he said he would—he would, he would kind of just uh, relax himself, settle himself, you know, in a, a meditative way, I suppose. And uh, yeah, and and he would actively seek to communicate with them and invariably pretty much every time they would appear. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend in Fife as well. We were going through some very similar experiences, 1999, 2000. There seemed to be a a quickening in a way going on with a lot of people at that time. It was a fascinating time for it. people were meeting other people, and gatherings were happening in ways that were just almost inexplicable um, towards these phenomena, and this fellow in Fife, uh, who I'm still in contact with, could literally call them down from the sky, (gasps) What? literally call them down from the sky, he was that connected and tuned in, if you like, Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a famous incident (laughs) where he was a biker, and you know, uh, boys from Fife and you know talk, talks a, yeah. bit, a bit rough in a way but <laughs> uh, and he was a biker and he started talking to his biker friends about it and they just took the piss he said that ah, you know and they just were just ripping him apart with it you know and he said well I'll show you I'll show you boys you watch and he stood and he called a star down from the sky right <clears> in front of them, and it sent them scattering
2: away really oh my god <laughs> oh my god to be fair i've read quite a few case stories where it's been if you genuinely sit there and try to connect it when you see it they can like the will of that does they do come to you oh yeah. my god and how interesting is it that all those cases you've just mentioned are all within the falkirk triangle yeah that's true <laughs> mm-hmm. Spooky. Yeah. oh wow so you know what?
1: So- i i think that- that is one of the most fascinating aspects of these lights is we have something out, out with ourselves mm-hmm. you know uh some form of sentience that is here and has always been here yeah yeah you know that we can communicate with yeah um yeah that's that's something worth further study i think
2: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Further experience. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go out and try it ourselves. Little DIY UFO day. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think
1: I think it's I think it's simple in a way in terms of what we're doing. Um so it's like learning anything new, taking anything new on board, to take any new information on board or, or new skill or develop yourself in some way. The first thing you have to do is is be open to that. Acceptance, yeah. you know, and just be totally open to yourself for whatever that is that you're gonna get from it. Yeah. Um, and that first step, I think, is the same step that you have to take to see these things. You want to see these things and be completely open to it. It's the first step forward. Um, and then I think a bit of focused. Call it meditation if you want, but you know, um, just a bit of a focus in yourself mm-hmm. uh, to find a place to do that, to open yourself and you know seek that communication directly. Then I think that is possibly as simple as as it is.
2: Wow, I love That's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder. Like, obviously there is, there has been abduction cases, so I'm thinking they could have been from something that was extraterrestrial. Because, like Abby said, if if they're beings from here, the the chance of them wanting to abduct us are probably slimmer. So I wonder if the ones that have maybe done harm are not from here.
1: Mm. Well, abduction cases I find quite fascinating as well you know what yeah. one of my friends um was actually a, a, an abductee in one of the most famous cases oh. in Scotland, and lad mm-hmm. no reason to make anything up you know the other fellow wouldn't uh wouldn't talk about it much after the event but but he was yeah. um and yeah i i don't doubt him you know yeah I believe his case and, and what happened so i'm open to you know, that happening. There seems to be, again, enough of consistency with this happening to at least thousands of people worldwide, that it's a a real phenomenon. It's something that's happening. So what's what's the nature of it? Um, It's interesting. I think in a way, this could be twofold. (laughs) Often (laughs) with abduction scenarios, if it's not clear memory, there that comes down with it it's often under hypnotic regression that yeah other creatures are involved invariably gray type mm-hmm. you know, aliens are involved so can that be happening well why not why discount it why yeah. say no you know um i think it could be uh but we also have another tradition in fact uh, an old and ancient tradition Certainly in Scotland and in Ireland, at least as well, and in many other Celtic countries, of the fairy people.
2: <gasps> ah, fairies!
1: <laughs> of course, Paul would bring up fairies and ancient <laughs> scenarios. Oh. In a sense, coming into play there too, you know. Now, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of stories out there in you know folklore describing these cases. And some of the cases are even you'll find little snippets in some of the older newspapers as well and often the case is some 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 fellow will be coming home over the hills or such and and they'll hear music and they'll follow the music or they'll see a wee door that wasn't there before you know or light on you know in the hill and They'll end up going into, you know, side of the hill where there's a great ceilidh and the little people are there and there's music playing and a feast and all sorts, you know. Um, and they'll eventually, you know, come out, but uh, it will be perhaps years that have passed in the outside world where it just seemed like, you know, a ceilidh. Oh, actually, jeez so really interesting cases of, of a type of abduction going on oh my god little people <laughs> That's that so down funny. Again and again, um in folklore and it seems to be more than just little stories like that there's they seem to be elementally holistic in some way because they include invariably elements like music sometimes somebody will go in Um, and have a great time with the hosts and they'll come out with the gift of music that they never had before
0: that's really interesting
1: um, but often it's music that will lead them there'll be music going on with the little people as well so you've got acoustic phenomena attached to this as well and you've also got elemental understandings in some way um if you, like it, it was always said that if you if you were accepting to go with the mm-hmm. little people then take a blade always carry a blade with you because that keeps away that keeps away the, the negative types you know mm-hmm. little bad people <laughs> <laughs> um, the dodgy ones you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are repelled by iron oh and that if you were accepting to go into a with little people, you put <laughs> a blade in front of the door before you go in, stick a blade in the ground, and that means you can come back out unharmed, you know. Now, there are archaeological finds in Scotland of this type of tradition in normal homesteads, where blades are found, point down, driven into the ground the entrance way to the house you know so there's a way you're actually warding you're physically you know depositing a blade to secure your home you know against people that way against the the dodgy ones
0: (laughs) the dodgy ones that's so fascinating i've never heard of that before (laughs) yeah when you're saying little people we've um touched on them briefly
2: on a previous episode with um an american guest a greg walter that we had on and he described the little people as i'm, I'm sure it was kind of almost like deer like people like i mean this could be a totally different description but is that how they're described in celtic traditions or is that maybe just an american sort of take on them or maybe there's a totally different thing like i say but have you ever like heard descriptions basically
1: I, yeah I, I i've i've known at least a couple of folk that i've seen them yes oh wow okay and you know they'll describe them as, as little people there was a there's a great one of my favorite stories is uh, in fact is on is part of a, a documentary i think i'm sure it's on youtube i'm sure it's called the fairy faith i think okay and there's a boy who, I think is a brickie from Glasgow, you know, <laughs> and he's up Shehalion one day, of course, Shehalion starts with she, you know, the little
2: people,
1: mm-hmm. um, and he's up Shehalion, and uh, he stops for rest, and beautiful sunny day, and this single cloud comes overhead, and it starts to let down a little bit of rain, and a little rainbow forms in front of him, and he's Aww. just like, Blown away by the beauty of and you know randomness of this event. And then he looks down the hill, he's casting a long shadow down the hill. And there's and there's a little man, tiny little man, he says, dressed in old style clothes, rolling up the head of his shadow. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's like Peter (laughs) Pan. And he's thinking, What's 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 going on? You know. And then he looks, the wee fellow looks up. And he looks down at his feet and there's an old wee woman with a pair of silver-looking scissors trying to cut his shadow off his feet. <laughs> What the hell? And he's that bewildered, he's just like, what's going on now, you know? Yeah. And he just shouts like, oi, at them. And they both look at each other and then just disappear. Scatter. <laughs> now, the boy was as, you know, genuine as you get. But he's had a, yes. a really interesting experience. You know, he's seen little people on the hill, on Shehalion, which is a hill which has tradition of fairy people, little people in it. He's been at that type of place and he's seen that type of thing,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which is a type of thing that's actually seen by many enough people. And they describe them as little people, um, and dressed in, you know, these tiny clothes and so on. But you know, what are we seeing there? You know, are there physical little bodies hell <laughs> the hill and trying to steal people's shadows? Um, I've I've always thought that the type of what you what you are physically seeing there is that you might be seeing something else, but your consciousness is also crossing over with that and that you're seeing an interpretation in a way an Mm -hmm. anthropomorphic version of that little thing you know looks like a little person but um it might be in another form in a way Mm -hmm. uh i had a uh, a very very clear very clear incident in uh, Stirlingshire where i i saw at, uh, at this uh at the side of a a falls and a burn uh, the most beautiful thing i think i've I've ever seen which was these beautiful little lights you know gorgeous little soft luminescent lights and maybe about a dozen of them just silently moving over the water
0: wow Uh,
1: Ah, took the breath from me
0: oh my god yeah it Absolutely sounds beautiful.
1: Because it wasn't expected. I went to a place that was known to be a thin place like that, you know, one of these thin mm-hmm. places, and sat down and didn't expect it at all. I just looked up and there they were. Wow. And I, I couldn't speak. Um, I tried to get the attention of the lassies I was with at the time, but didn't want to look away in case I looked back and they were gone. Didn't want to make a noise. In case that was enough to make them mm-hmm. dis- as well, you know, something told me you can't,
2: <laughs> yeah, make a noise
1: right now, you know. Um, they're just incredible, almost indescribable. I've always described them as being about the size of a golf ball at arm's length in size, and as though an eye within an eye, as though a, a sphere within a sphere, you could see a distinction of a smaller center to yeah. it, yeah. Um, clear as day, clear as day, um, and eventually, you know, I, I, I was trying attention. Eventually, I saw them kind of dissipate. I saw them just kind of dissolve, almost in front of me. Oh,
0: God! Wow.
1: And I don't have any doubts that what I, I saw there was the little people. It was the fairy folk in <laughs> in their purest elemental form. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were very, very clear. Now the curious thing was, the girl I was with at the time, she was doing reiki. And oh. Her reiki master had said it was a recommendation. Oh, you need to go to these falls. It's a really a, a thin place and a special place, you know. And well, I saw that there, I was blown away. So I said next time see your reiki master i'll i'll have to tell her so, so yeah so it was maybe a month or two after or whatever and you know i think we're over went over to her place or something and i saw her and i said uh, i said we went to the, the falls you know um, and she said oh goodness and i said uh, I, I i saw something there oh well, what did you see I said, oh, I saw these lights. Oh, yes, they look like eyes, don't they? She
0: said, <gasps> No way.
1: And yes, uh, that blew me away as well, because they did look like eyes. Like, oh. a, like a sphere within a sphere. There was a distinctive little core to the soft form, you know? Yep. And it just blew me away. I'm like, oh, no way, <laughs> you know? <sighs> uh, clearly, I'd seen what she'd seen the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing when that happens because you know it's not just you.
1: Yeah, it was a bit reassuring in a way. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice but, to know. exactly. <laughs>
2: the more people, the more people reassuring. that see it, like it just confirms it absolutely.
1: <laughs> but <sighs> these things are out there, and and they've they've always been. I think these yeah. things are older than us.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah
1: not just not just our age but you know older than older than mankind i'm sure yeah yeah
0: oh yeah i agree um oh well i've i don't know if you've got anything else you wanted to mention before we jump off but uh thanks very much for like joining us and if you want to like plug your facebook page and all that sort of thing (laughs) you can do so now we'll also link it in like the description and stuff of the uh podcast so people can find you and let you know if they've had any big cat sightings
1: <laughs> ah no problem no problem at all no it's, no it's been a pleasure it's always a pleasure uh chatting yes. away, especially about esoterica and metaphysical mm-hmm. yeah. aspects. It's, it's endlessly fascinating yeah uh yeah love it
2: and you're just like a fountain of knowledge when it comes to it as well
1: <laughs> you, tend, <laughs> you tend to gather stories as you go yeah. especially <laughs> when you see things i think it helps
2: yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely yeah we'll um we'll keep you updated if we see anything else uh
0: you know weird well thanks. <laughs> well thanks very much for listening everyone make sure you check paul out what's the facebook group called again
1: uh the big cat sightings it's um it's big cat sightings in scotland
0: yep so make sure you check them out on facebook and i think they're just big site big cat sightings in on instagram I think that's what their name is so definitely be sure to check them out we'll leave the information in the description as well but yeah thanks so much for joining us Paul and we'll see everyone next week bye see everyone <laughs> next week bye